0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for episode 79, but the best part about this is that we're back and hockey's back, which makes it W pleasure, W fun, this bubble is insane, March Madness of hockey is just happening, Benny, what up?
1: In five months since we talked and hockey was going on at the same time, it feels like this is a brand new season, and yet it's the continuation of the one that ended up stopping, so it's... Kind of surreal having hockey on at noon on a Monday afternoon in August, but I'll take it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'll take this any day. I was at work today and I'm like, look at the lineup that's going on right now. Like, I, I need to call in or I need to leave a little bit earlier. I did not get to see your boys in action today, but I'm sure we will get World to love that. You. Um, well, I mean, I had plenty of time on Sunday to watch my boys. Didn't work out too good either. So we will get to that. But before that, um, Calgary-Winnipeg series got off to a really heated start about a minute and a half in where Matthew Kachuk goes hard into the boards following uh, Mark Shifley. Shifley goes down. Post-game comments from Paul Maurice, uh, he claims that Matthew Kachuk is trying to end Mark Shifley's career. He could s- cut his Achilles there, which I do agree with. He could cut his Achilles there. Uh, Benny, what's your thought on all that? It looked bad, I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, and we're, of course, not going to get an injury update because the NHL has kind of put a blanket over everything, where if a player is just not going to play, they get to the designate it unfit to play. So we don't know if it's broken leg, if it's uh, a cut Achilles or torn. But Shifley was definitely in a lot of pain there. Um, and with no fans, in a sense, you heard him on the TV broadcast. So that was kind of surreal uh to have happen but the kachuk thing going back to the paul Maurice comments yeah he could have cut his achilles he could have ended his career i don't think it was something where he went out onto the ice going this is my plan i'm going to go take out mark shifley and do whatever i need to do to get that done but when you first sent that to me my my initial reaction was spend him the rest of the playoffs, because we kind of saw something similar earlier this year with uh, Cassian, remember?
0: Uh, to me, the only thing I didn't like was how high that skate actually was going into the boards. Like,
1: yes, it, that was the thing. If if
0: he but. wants to like slew foot him or something and make it completely dirty, and you know, it is what it is. Like you said, now he's just trying to be in the playoffs and win. When you come in, skate up off the ice, I think there's malice there and there's intention.
1: Yeah, and I could understand if he was coming full speed and he was the guy in the lead and Shifley came up from behind and then he was just not expecting extra momentum to take him into the board, so he was trying to brace himself, something like that. But to know you were heading into the boards, it was... The hit would have been fine. It was that, like you said, that last second skate lift, like... We played hockey. I know there's... Uh, in The Athletic today, they were talking about it. Some coaches said that they don't think it was dirty. looked like he was just... Uh, he tried to just make any type of contact with Shifley to take the body. Uh, so he stuck his right leg out to try and like get Shifley's shin or something. But we both played hockey for how many years? Not I don't remember one time in my life where I was coming up on the sideboards or any boards, and I decided to stick pull my foot up at the last moment as I go into the boards to brace myself like that's almost an unnatural hockey maneuver there where you can really hurt yourself if he made contact with the boards in that position you can snap your ankle so that was my first instinct the second response was of course it's Kitschuk and the third thing that why I feel like Maybe the severity, maybe he wasn't trying to use his blade to injure him, but he was, in that moment, he he saw Shifley, he saw his number, he was trying to make an impact, get things going, get the blood flowing. He was like, okay, I'm going to do something here. And it was a split-second decision. And the tell for me is, just like when you play poker, I was a shit-stir when I played. I modeled myself after Sean Avery, all that. The face that Kachuk made when... Shifley fell down, and you can hear the audible, like not scream, but gasp of pain. Getchukin looked the least bit surprised. He looked down and then started skating away. You've seen it before. If you're involved with somebody and they get hurt, you turn around and you stop and you look over, like what happened. He didn't ex- even ask what happened or what the fuck just went on because he knew what happened. That was a tell for me. He may not have intended to use the blade because, man, that would be really fucked up to go in there going, I'm going to cut this guy. But he went in there at that in that moment as they were approaching the boards. I think he had the intent to injure. And his reaction and everything else and the reputation, I don't know if they suspend him at all. Uh, they played today again, right?
0: They played today, yep.
1: And he wasn't suspended, so I don't think he's going to get suspended at all, which, nothing for that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I overreacted a little bit in a moment, like kind of Paul Maurice did, but did not get suspended at all with the reputation he has. Kind of surprised me.
0: I have to agree. I, I thought just once as the skate came up, to me it seemed like it was different. And it wasn't of... I'm going to make body contact at any points because it's not like he just stuck his leg out to hit, you know, knee on knee just to make contact. It was a specific and indirect move, which to me was worse. It, it wasn't like Kachuk had lost an edge. It yeah. was he went in there. He saw it was Shifley. Shifley had his back turned and he was hitting him regardless. But once that skate came up, yeah, I was just I didn't like it. And. I like Calgary. I like Kachuk. At times, do I think he plays that line? Yes. This one's just kind of borderline for me. It's like, what were you trying to do? What weren't you trying to do? And I actually find it strange that we got the comments from Paul Maurice, but we didn't get anything from Kachuk. There was no follow-up. There was no question on it. I just feel like he the Cassian thing he had to answer reporters after the game and I know we're in a different time with COVID and how post-game media scrums are going where guys have to go into the media room and they're getting questions asked you know virtually but I feel like there's something here that someone needed to talk to him or ask that question as to what were you thinking when your skate comes up there just to see it like on his face like is it a tell like was he trying to? Does he play it off? Like, I, I honestly don't know. Like, hey, it happened a minute into the game. we like, is the ice is slippery? Is that a good excuse? Like, I, I don't know what he's going with here.
1: I mean, Kachuk, he did answer some questions about it, I guess, pregame today. Uh, and he here's the full quote. No, absolutely not, Kachuk said. I'm back checking on him. It's such an accident. I felt terrible. He was turning away, and I just went in, and my left skate had a little bit of the speed wobbles. I was probably moving too fast for myself, and I was going down. It looked like my leg probably jammed him up. I feel terrible. He's a top player in the NHL, and someone I've gotten to know in the past few summers training with him. It's not good for the game when somebody like that isn't playing. It's very unfortunate and unlucky, but there's really nothing that could have happened.
0: Interesting. Okay. There it is, speed, I guess. Speed wobbles, huh? The Speed wobbles, yeah. tough, Bad ankles, I guess.
1: Yeah, don't uh, buy that for a fucking second.
0: I I I wouldn't either. Um, well, speaking of upset and disappointed, I guess we'll go right into our Bruins recap, our Rangers recap. You want me to go first? Do You want to go first? How you want to do it?
1: I uh, yeah, we can go. Uh, let's go Bruins first. Uh, game one again. Well, not game one. First game in a round robin against the Flyers.
0: Just flat. Um. The first period in general was just kind of boring hockey both ways. I think we each had a chance back and forth, just kind of seemed like contain hockey. Everything was from the outside. So that seemed like the chess match was on in the first period or just kind of feeling each other out. And then second period came and I mean, hats off to the flyers. They came out and they played a great rest of the game and we just could not get anything going. Um, that top line, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand, nothing, shit. Um, I found it crazy that Claude Giroux comes in to take a face-off against Patrice Bergeron, and he flipped his stick around the the other way, so he was basically on his backhand taking the draw to bring it straight back. And, yeah, so Giroux a righty. He switched his stick around lefty for the face-off so he could pull it back on the other side. And he beats Patrice Bergeron, who was on his strong side. Yeah, Never happens. I saw that, and I'm like, this isn't good. Like, like something's not clicking for them. Uh, Marshand, like, I get it. Hey, you're now in a different bracket because you're now a goal scorer. You're an elite player in this league. The only time I saw him yesterday was after the whistles, and it was minimal after the whistles, and... The Philadelphia players are just laughing at him. It's like, we're not going to give you anything at this point. Like, nothing to fire you up. Like, you, you got yep. shit today, and that's it. Um, I, I already heard it all day today on the Sports Hub of, uh, Yaro Halak, was, he was awful yesterday. And it's like, um, yes, he did not have a good showing. Uh, Bruce Cassidy even came out, and he said that we needed a couple more saves from our goaltender, which uh, I, I can agree with. At the same time, though, too, one of the goals, he's completely off his angle. He gets beat clean. Yep, anyone that knows hockey can see that. When we scored at the end of the second period to make it 2-1, to one, you're going, all right, let's get into the room. It'll be a one-goal game. Well, let's see if, these, if we actually come out for the third period. And what ends up happening? We drop the puck, and eight seconds later, it's in the back of our net and Zdanio Chara gets tied up with somebody at the blue line, puck pops free and it's a 2 on 1. They score one right there just kind of deflates us. Outside of game recap as a whole, no one really came to play yesterday. No one stuck out uh Anders Bjork was probably our best player. He he was coming out, he was definitely giving a little gamesmanship there, a little... uh, Trying
1: to earn that new contract.
0: Earning that new contract. He looked good there on that third line. Um, Charlie Coyle a couple of times had had chances for just kind of breakout speed but just could not corral passes or just control a puck. So it is a game of inches, game of bounces. The only thing that scares me, though, is we need to show up. Like just the exhibition game against Columbus. We don't show up for the first period. We show up for the second and third, you know, too little, too late. It's an exhibition game. It is what it is. I just wish as a whole we could play a sixty minute game. This is something I've preached the whole year. I don't I don't care if we won the president's trophy. We wouldn't show up a lot on time. It would be a seven o'clock start and we don't show up to the second period at eight. So this is the NHL this is the round robin because now when you look forward, we now have Tampa Bay who we've had issues with. We have Washington who we've had more than issues with. Me they both got points today. They both got points today. Me personally, the game Wednesday against Tampa. Last time we played them, we had that big scrum. Char fought Maroon. Shirelli ends up cross checking Char in the back. Like oh, yeah. big to do. If I'm any of these guys I get this going right from the right from the first faceoff. Like we need to show up. We need to play. I don't care if you hit somebody through the fucking boards. I don't care if you cross check somebody. Uh, bleed all ev- over. Bleed all over them. Let them know you're there. Like just do something and show up at four o'clock. Like be there when the puck drops. Don't show up there for the second period. Be there for the first. And to me, that's the biggest thing. Tuca has now been cleared to play. I guess the big thing with him was on the app that all the NHL players have to fill out. They ask you questions about your day-to-day health. I guess one of the questions was, do you have a cough? He clicked yes on his app. Which is the right thing to do. Which is the right thing to do. And he said the app just started churning all sorts like lights flashing on his phone. Didn't know what to do. So basically they brought him right back to the room quarantine. He had to pass two back-to-back tests as negative to now be cleared. So he was on the ice today. Um, hopefully with him back, we don't have to hear about the goaltending part of this, how Halak was bad yesterday. If, this is now Tuca's gig. Tuca has the reins. He should be in that the full length Wednesday and Sunday. And then once as we're out of the round robin and into the actual playoffs, the cage is yours, pal. Do as you wish. Um, I don't really have much else. I mean, that first line, it just scares me, though, because it reminds me a little bit of last year's playoffs where At certain points, if that first line wasn't going, the rest of the team did nothing, and that's what Sunday was. So if that first line is our driver, listen, hey, if you're not getting pucks in the net, be hard on a back check. If you're not getting pucks on the net, Marshy, be first on the four check, cause some havoc. Like We just need those guys, even if it's not working, just outworking other teams, to make the rest of the team go.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can tell me if this is the wrong position to kind of take on this, but you guys obviously didn't play up to your level against the Flyers. And to be honest, that was very much a Elaine Vigneault coach team with defensive transition, good flow. They look like they've been playing for the last three months and the Bruins weren't. Uh, Myers was very impressive on the back end but I'm just not worried about you guys I'm not sitting here going oh, I know you guys have to play Tampa and Washington and it caused your issues but worst case scenario, you end up as the four seed. I'm still not worried about you for the first round I'm not worried about you for the, maybe the second round either it's it's kind of like the Patriots is, at this point obviously not as many Senate Cups as Super Bowls but I have you guys the leader in the clubhouse until proven otherwise. So I think you guys are gonna play much better against Tampa Bay, especially with some of that history going on and kind of that room's full of battle tested, proud veterans and they're not gonna go out and lay another snicker. Like even if they lose, they're gonna play much better. So I'm not too worried about you guys there. But that was a very very A V coach team and the flyers kinda of picked up right where they left off at the pause.
0: Yeah, the Flyers, I mean, going into this whole thing, they were hot, continued it straight through. So I guess watch out for the Flyers or for anybody else going into it. They looked really good. They looked good in their exhibition game against Pittsburgh too.
1: Yeah, and hey, listen, I had you guys finishing first in a round, Robin, and Philly second ahead of Washington and Tampa. So maybe they're going to make me look good a little bit.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can uh, turn it on Wednesday and Sunday for you to make your prediction come true. (laughs)
1: Um. Yeah, I guess moving down to uh, my boys in New York. Game one. Listen, the Rangers, I know they dominated Carolina this season, pretty much since Carolina came into an existence. uh, The Rangers have pretty much run all over them. Uh, But the Rangers, I picked them to win, but the Rangers needed to kind of hit their stride like they were towards the end of, right before the pause happened. Because they don't have the bottom six to keep up with Carolina. They don't have the defense. Even with Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pesci out, the defense, they have Brendan Smith on the first pair. Uh, Mark Stahl's getting 16, 17 minutes a night. It's really, they had the edge and goal, with Shesterkin, Hank, or Georgiev, and they needed their top six to carry the load. And in game one and game two, none of that. Kreider, Panarin, Zibanejad, Buchnevich, they have, uh, I think, seven shots total combined for all of them through the first two games. They didn't play much better in the first period today. Uh, but for me, the two big takeaways were, obviously, Igor has been out. He missed games one and two, uh, unfit to play. They think it. it was just a muscle tweak, so I Hank got the starts. Um, the fa- uh, Jesper Foss injury, the first shift of game one, uh, Brady Shea took him out. It's probably a concussion. He hasn't played the remainder of game one or game two today. Uh, that kind of jumbled the Rangers' lines a little bit. But there's no... And I, I don't want to seem like I'm just was waiting for my opportunity here, but when you're watching a team like Carolina who has their system, who executes their system perf- perfectly through these first two games, whether they're tied or up, it's the same style of play. They know exactly what the style is going to be. They know where they make the play. They know where they're supposed to be. And when something doesn't go right, they don't crater. And that's not what's going on with the Rangers. Quinn even made the announcement today after the game that when Stretchnikov scored that power play goal uh, that put them up 2-1 to one, that the bench got deflated. Like, that's unacceptable. Like, you go down a goal, in a must-win in a best-of-five series, and you go oh, oh boy. Like, what kind of coaching mentality, what kind of locker room environment is in there? What leadership's going on? Even among the players. Like, are you kidding me? You guys are deflated after one-goal deficit? And all game long, in games one and two, there's no coaching adjust- adjustments. Long headman pass from behind no red line gets picked off, and they kept doing it. D'Angelo, Fox, Chuba, Smith, all these guys, same breakout play. Trying to skate it in at the blue line, gets broken up in a neutral zone by Carolina's uh, defensive structure. No flow in the offensive zone when they did finally get some offensive zone time. They were 1 for 11 on the power play, 0 for 8 in game one. And when you're a team like the Rangers playing a really well rounded, well coached team like Carolina, you got to take advantage of those opportunities. You're not going to get them when you have Brett Howden getting 18 minutes of ice time at night in game one and then expect a win. So, besides just a real lack of coaching adjustment, and kind of the team psyche being now fragile. Just today, just one more example of this. The Rangers are down two goals. It's the third period, about 13 minutes left in a game. An offensive zone draw after an icing by Carolina. David Quinn sends out Greg McKagg, Brett Howden, and Phil giuseppe for the faceoff. What planet are you fucking on where that's the forward group you send out for an offensive zone drawer with 10 13 minutes left in a game you're down by two in the playoffs it's like he's just rolling his four lines like well it's okay we'll figure it out we'll grind it out like it's a january regular season game in buffalo like there's no urgency to get anything going here and outside of that, just uh stretching to call off power play goal that i think hank should have had he's getting hung out to dry and whether it was Igor or Georgie in there, I'd be saying the same thing. And just knowing how Quinn is, Rangers are down two games. Even if Igor is not healthy to play in game three, I think he's going to go to Georgiev. So today, today was most likely the last game that we'll see Lundqvist in a Ranger uniform. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's a f- silver lining with Igor being out. We got to see, or I got to see Hank uh, make a couple more starts for the Rangers, but just the lack of adjustments is really pissing me off. Like, this is not college, David. You can't just sit there and go, oh, okay, well, we'll get them in a bean pot. Like, Brindamore is caving this guy's fucking skull in terms of coaching in a series so far.
0: You brought up a point of the team got deflated after one goal. Do you put that. On the youngness of the team like you guys are a very young and unexperienced team or do you put that on the coaching staff in the sense of like this is one goal guys like let's go like everyone knows one goals in hockey are they're nothing you know like a one goal can change rather quickly so it's just like where would you point the
1: finger on that i mean listen even i picked them to be carolina I have had no visions of them making a run in the playoffs here. Like, they are too young. They don't have enough talent to really compete. I just thought they had a good shot against Carolina because I expected our top six to dominate, and we had the edge and goal on paper. But I think you have nine players making their playoff debuts. Uh, You'll make that 10 when Brendan Lemieux plays game three after being suspended. So, yeah, that's right. There's not a lot of playoff experience. You basically have... Stall, Kreider, and Hank as a the three holdovers from their deep runs from 2012 to 2016. Uh, Panarin has some experience in the playoffs of Columbus too and Chicago. But other than that, it's basically all rookies or young players that haven't had this competition before. But for me, when it comes to being deflated on a bench, I think it has more to do, less to do with the players going, "Oh shit, we're screwed because we're not good enough," and more to do with we're getting outplayed, nothing we're doing is working. It's kind of like the frustration level is increasing, where it's like nothing we're doing is working, but your coach is still sending you out there to do the same exact thing. So when Panarin tied it at one, okay, here we go. Now we got we got to get the next goal, and then we can start playing our game here. And then when Carolina scored it, it was just like, fuck, because now we have to battle back again, and it took us – all out work just to get it tied at 1. So it, it kind of at least for me it kind of came off in the sense of well there it goes that was our shot because they knew it wasn't working. Like it's just a I hate to say it's a bad matchup because we dominated them for like the last 10 years. And I was going to say you guys beat all four.
0: I was going to say you guys completely swept them this year too.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think it's just a matter of Carolina went to the Eastern Conference final last year. They've been playing under Brindamore for a couple seasons. They know what they're doing. It's kind of like a fine-tuned machine, and the Rangers are running into that buzzsaw in the playoffs, where Carolina's like, okay, we're on now. It's the playoffs. And they're just getting chewed up and spit out, and then they're looking to the coaching staff or their star players for some guidance here, and it's just nothing. It's just, all right. I mean, Quinn called a timeout after Carolina scored two goals in a minute and 11 seconds today, and He's just patting everybody in the back. Like, all right, let's get it going. Let's get it going with his hand motion. That's not coaching, dude. Like, you don't need a fucking cheerleader. Like, how about you strategize something to get us going here, get the ball rolling? Um, between that and just anytime something bad happens against the Rangers, Quinn just with that mile-long stare out to the ice, just no facial expression. This kind of reminds me of Jim Caldwell, the old coach of the Colts in football. Whenever something bad would happen, he looked like a deer in headlights going, I don't know what the fuck to do. So, I mean, I've been on Quinn's ass all year, but I've been really disappointed in the way he's gotten his team ready. I mean, we knew we were going to play Carolina for a month now, and this is the game plan you come up with. So I was just really disappointed there and just kind of bummed when the buzzer sounded today thinking that was probably Hank's last time in a Ranger jersey, and that kind of got me down too. So maybe some of that's coming out with my critique of Quinn here.
0: And you mentioned Brendan Lemieux not being in the lineup yet. Do you think this could be the spark that you guys need? I mean, he's just an absolute nutcase. So I, the biggest thing for you guys is for him to come out and be effective, but to not cost you guys.
1: It's just a thing with, I mean, he's going to be, I think this will be his playoff career debut as well for Brendan Lemieux. So he's probably going to have some extra uh, giddy up in his game. Yeah, I mean, he's got to play. It's kind of like he's still a young player. It's kind of find that line of getting everybody riled up and, you know, battling in front of the net. Because Shown got into a fight with Williams like three minutes into the first game. Uh, Shea laid out Foss. Brendan Smith laid out. Caravine in that centerizing game one. Like, this series has been physical. But I don't know if Lemieux is going to be the type of guy that comes in and makes a big hit or scores a big goal by going to the front end of the net and battling and gets everybody going. Or he's going to take a bad penalty, and Carolina's going to bury us in game three on a power play.
0: It's one or the other. Yeah, I yeah. feel like there's
1: no in-between.
0: I mean, his old man did pretty good in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, maybe got some advice from him. And the last two things I wanted to say about, like, the game plan, it's not – this isn't on Quinn because this asshole's been doing it since Tortorella was coach. Mark Stahl – I used to get on Girardi for doing this too. You won't, you'll remember that. He, he might as well just not play with a stick. Like, anytime he gets the puck in a defensive zone, head down, doesn't look for a head man pass, doesn't try and skate it out in a defensive zone, it's like a grenade, and he's scared it's going to blow his fucking arms off. So he just takes the puck and just whips it up the sideboards. Right back to Carolina on a point, and then another 30 to 40 seconds of offensive zone time by Carolina. Every time, if you're able to they play tomorrow night at 8.30. If you're able to watch any part of the Ranger game tomorrow night, you will see Mark Stoll get the puck and either be too slow to skate it out and it gets four-checked right away, and then you'll see him pin it the puck against the boards, or he'll just whip it around and hope that it ends up on a Ranger stick. It's infuriating, man.
0: I was gonna say, in the one time he goes to block a shot, it goes off his skating in the net. That, that was a huge one on. uh Oh
1: yeah, you saw the daggers from Hank on that.
0: Yeah, just like let like let me see the puck for fuck's yeah. sake. Get
1: the fuck out of the way, man.
0: That uh, it's it's just so frustrating, like you said, because. Some people are pointing the finger at Hank, which I I don't deem is is necessary. Just because the only one I might give him, like you said, was that first Sveshnikov goal. Is I don't I don't know how you say it. I can't do the Russian. Yeah. yeah. So what?
1: The short side goal. The short the the, the
0: short side one on yeah, I mean, Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean both of those, like peak Hank probably stops one or both of those, but you can't expect like Hank is an prime Hank anymore like obviously he hasn't started even a regular season game since January 3rd or January 9th and then he's coming in not expecting to play game one and then he's thrown into the net like he's not going to be peak Hank anymore like he does need some help but yeah I think that short side goal and then that because there was nobody in front there was no screen or, or anything the power play goal by Shrestnikov today. I think those are the only two goals that if you're Hank, you want back.
0: And now going forward into, I mean, I hate to say a pivotal game three, but (laughs) what, if any, game plan, what do you change? if, If Igor is not healthy, do you still go with Hank or do you go Georgiev?
1: So it can go one of two ways. You go with Hank because he didn't cost you the game. And he's been battle-tested. He's been a part of teams where the backs have been against the wall, and he's carried them through. Or, you go with Georgiev, who isn't a bad goalie by any means. Like He's played just as well as Hank or better the last year, year and a half. And you put him in to kind of send a message to the guys of... It's basically like throwing a grenade into the locker room. And going, let's go. We got Georgie going today. Hank's not playing. Igor's not walking through that door right now. Even though he's a rookie, it's amazing that the Rangers and Ranger fans are looking at him like the savior. Um, but the one thing I wouldn't do is, and this is what Quinn did today, he put Panarin on the same line as at, which in theory is like, okay, we're down a couple goals. We need some offense. Let's put our two best guys together. But you're already playing with the short stack if you're the Rangers, where your third line, Filipinos played well, but he's playing with Brett Howden uh Gauthier, who has size, but he hasn't proven much yet. And now you, you bring it totally down to one line, because now your second line doesn't have Panarin on it. So I don't know if that's the smart way to do it. I try and get a, a little more physicality in the top six, get things going, make some space. I would try Lemieux uh, on the Zibanejad-Buchnevich line, and slide Kreider down a little bit. Kreider's been MIA. Like, both games. So maybe that gets him going a little bit. Like, you put Lemieux on the left side with Sabanajan and Bucinavich. He creates some havoc. Uh, you keep Kako with Panarin and Schoen, because you're not going to move them up or down. And maybe Kreider or Heatel gets Heatel going a little bit, because Hedl's been playing well, but he's been stuck with scrubs on his wings. So maybe if you line him up with somebody like Kreider who can make some room for him, maybe you get a uh, key goal by your third line instead of just banking on Sabanajan and Panarin. But there's not much you can do at this point. Like this is who the Rangers are. This is the roster they have. It's just basically like Carolina is just a better team. Um, so, I mean, there's not much you can say. I think at a 56 game, five series, best of five series in NHL history, only one has come back to win after being down. Oh, two. So even if they win game three, I don't think they're going to be winning three straight here.
0: All right. Fair enough. Um, One other thing we have to talk about, it it happened right before the bubble, was John the I guess now we can call him the ex-GM of the Arizona Coyotes and the management staff, had a little bit of a tiff, and uh, he terminated his contract with them. You want to give us a little bit more, Benny?
1: Yeah, so it's basically he quit on a team. And right before the Coyotes playoffs started, um, I think it's the first time in a couple years they made the playoffs, He's put this team together. He has a reputation around the league because he was so young when he came into that position. And I guess there's just... He's been rubbing people the wrong way ever since he arrived there. And it's just got to the point where from nothing official has been released. He hasn't made any really specific comments. But just from reading some of the beat guys out in Arizona, I kind of came down to the point of him saying, either I do it my way or I'm leaving. And Coyote's ownership was just like, well, have fun.
0: So it, I, I heard a team had called for him and one of the stipulations for him to talk to that team. It was that it could not be a lateral move. So it cannot be just for another GM job.
1: Okay. He well, interviewed president.
0: Correct. So he interviewed with the team and I guess they gave him the keys to the Ferrari. Do you and, know what team this is? I heard it is one of two teams. It is either the Buffalo Sabres or the New Jersey Uh, Devils.
1: I would be surprised if it's the Devils after they just gave Fitzgerald that position as GM.
0: Well, this happened right before it, so who knows if Fitzy was
1: their guy. That's true.
0: So this ended up happening. I guess Chico went back, and I guess there was even discussion of partial ownership of i don't know if it was an nhl team or something else just a very lucrative deal for chica himself
1: i don't dude, i don't get it like i know he's done a good job but who the fuck is this guy he's not scotty bowman walking through <laughs> the door
0: the, i don't fucking know but if someone offered me crazy money a crazy deal and well, ownership thing, of something kind
1: of down i'm just saying the ownership is like
0: oh, you, you know what ownership it? of something it had to be buffalo I bet they were going to give him like partial ownership of the Bills. So not only is he going to make his normal hockey money, he was going to make that too.
1: I, I just but it, but like at I the same time, the New, Jer- in Arizona, but shit.
0: the New Jersey group owns the Philadelphia 76ers though too, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, and they're trying to buy uh, the Mets. I,
0: I saw that too. So it's like they offered him that. I guess he went back to Arizona. He was very eager, I believe, to move on and go somewhere else. And then Arizona was kind of like, no, 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 no. this is a lateral move. You can't do that. And he was, well, he was saying, well, it's not a lateral move. There's a lot more involved. And I believe right before they went away to the bubble, there was a meeting with Taylor Hall's representatives that he didn't go to. And then there was another team function that he did not go to, and Steve Sullivan, who is now the current acting GM, he was the one who kind of wore it all, and, and he went to all these events. And like you said, Chaika has done a great job there. He He's turned it around. Crazy to think how a guy who ran an analytics site can just become a fucking NHL GM. But, I mean, here it is, and now not just an NHL GM, but, I mean, highly touted across the league where people are wanting to give him more than just a GM job and then this was kind of the aftermath as to what happened so um, we will see what actually ends up happening I believe the Arizona Coyotes have brought in Gary Bettman to kind of mediate between the two as to what is what isn't the job he was offered with is it a lateral? Is it not a lateral? All I know is that whenever Bettman makes his decision, like, that could be ugly for the league if he's like, well, no, technically they gave John more than what you're giving him, so he is more than willing to go take this job. And
1: What happens if he says, no, you have to go back to Arizona?
0: <laughs> well, well, that's the thing, because they said Chica was the one who terminated his co- contract. It wasn't the team who did it. So they said he went back after all that and Morello telling him no. He went back, cleaned out his office, and left. So does that come down to, like, him just being a big crybaby bitch? Or does he have a legitimate... a
1: good show, man.
0: Or does he have a legitimate beef here where he's like, let me fucking fly the coop. Like, it's not like he left him in a bad spot.
1: Yeah, I just think that's, even still, that's a bad... Look on his part that no show team function and a meeting with Hall's agents, and they just like walk out like that. I think that's very bad for somebody who's trying to elevate himself into like a position like Brendan Shanahan had with the Maple Leafs a few years back.
0: Who knows? Maybe it was the Maple Leafs calling him. Who fucking knows? (laughs) Uh, You you have any thoughts about what to expect next in the bubble or in any of the matchups coming up?
1: Well, I mean, the bubble's worked really well so far. The NHL announced again today they did another round of COVID testing of everybody in both bubbles, no positive tests. Uh, so unsurprisingly, to be honest, the NHL and the players have held up their end of the bargain and not have not been selfish. And before they left for the bubble, were being unsafe or not taking precautions. So good luck on them. Uh, moving forward, i have just like non-ranger centered. I'm just looking forward to having a round robin completed just so we can start making second, third Stanley Cup predictions because then we'll have final seating. Um, I, my, i still, I'm still sticking with Arizona to upset Nashville, but I'm just surprised Montreal even got one game out of Pittsburgh.
0: I'm, very surprised about that. Kerry uh, Price stood on his head. Can we just discuss how rare penalty shots are? But the fact that yeah. that game had two of them—insane.
1: Yep. The, the viewing experience on TV, outside of like when a big goal is scored late, like uh, Nazim Kaji's goal last night with one tenth of a second left on the clock and no crowd reaction. Uh, just the goal horn. That's the only time it kind of stands out and reminds you of it. But for the most part during gameplay, I'm not really noticing. It's not really taken away from uh, the viewing experience. Not having fans uh, in the arena, at least not having fans that are behind the glass pounding it, going <laughs> yeah, oh, every time day. it's in the
0: corner. Yeah, I mean the hardest part for these players must be like when to shoot without all the fans telling them <laughs> that. So they must be you know missing key opportunities
1: here. There've been some good fights, like very early in, his, in these games, especially games, game one of series. So I wonder if that's kind of the player is trying to get their adrenaline going a little bit and making it for themselves, since there's no fans and no kind of uh, environment in there.
0: Uh, were you surprised with the Blue Jackets shutting out the Maple Leafs in game one?
1: I'm surprised they shut them out. Not surprised they won. I know okay. when we talked about it in our preview, I was like, I want Columbus to win. I don't know if they have enough offense to pull it off but I had to go in five games either way. Uh, but I thought Toronto would pull it out just because they had too much offense to get shut out in game one. That's not a good sign.
0: I mean, I'm just saying big daddy here said he picked Columbus cause he loved that goaltending monster. But I mean, I'm just yeah. saying.
1: And sh- uh, one, one last thing here, shout out to Edmonton for finally making the right decision and not going with Mike Smith in game two. What yeah. are you thinking?
0: Going Koskinen in game one. I mean, he, he was their guy.
1: I mean he played like even just looking at the counting stats, he was outplayed this year. Like I don't get it.
0: I mean that that Chicago game, just talking about it, I mean that that Kubalik or Kuba however you say his last I'll name, <laughs> like he you know, quote unquote thirty goals this year. But then everyone's yeah. saying how he's getting snubbed in the call there with, you know, uh Quinn Hughes and um Kale McCarr there. But it's like, this guy said, fuck the Calder. I'm going for the con Smythe. Five points at his playoff debut. How about that?
1: Yeah. Um, could definitely use some of that scoring on the Rangers then. But...
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, just looking at series, I, I know you liked Arizona. I-, I-, I still like Nashville. I mean, Kempfer had to make 40 saves the other day. So uh, he earned that W. So hopefully yeah. Nashville can keep the pressure on. Uh I wanna see what happens with Chicago and Edmonton tonight. Is Edmonton able to bounce back or is I mean if Chicago can make it out of this qualifying round against Edmonton and Edmonton's basically playing at home, I know they're in a bubble as well, but like that's not a good look for a team that has McDavid and Dreisidel. Yeah. But I mean Chicago, the way they responded, to go down and then just come out of it was like Whoa, maybe uh, maybe Captain Sirius there and Taser just got the boys ready to go.
1: One last run with
0: the with the core. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida and NYI. What were what your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: exactly the type of enthusiasm I have as much as the Islander and Florida fan base has is <laughs> next comment.
0: next one. Uh, your thoughts, Minnesota, Vancouver. I know you picked Minnesota. They're currently up one nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, good game. Uh, the game one that they had, I still think that Vancouver is going to put it on much more than they showed in game one. So Minnesota needs to be ready for that. But I think that's another one that's going five games. All right, I
0: I, I like it. I mean, it, it's been wild in the March Madness of hockey. It's dude, it, it's been incredible the last two days. Like Saturday, Sunday, just watching at home. Today, I, I run home, turn the TV on. I'm watching uh, Washington and Tampa. I'm like, this is. Uh,
1: I don't want to say I love it, but I love it. Do you think, Danny? I saw on uh, Twitter. Do you think the NHL. They don't do a round robin for the one through four? Those are just set by regular season. But do you think they do a play in next year, even if they have a full season?
0: Oh, uh, that's a good question.
1: Um... And then let's say you guys, as the Bruins, you're the one seed. And then you're like, okay, whoever wins this matchup is who we play. Who do we want to win more?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just thought the way that they expanded this playoffs this year in general was going to be huge for them. Just because if anyone outside of the top four on either conference win, I mean, they, they're winning 19 games. Yeah. Which has never earning. been done before. Yeah, like they're, they're earning it. And I'm I'm just so happy. And... <laughs> it, it makes it so much more entertaining because it's like there can be upsets in this round that no one saw coming. Like, for example, if Chicago is able to pull it out on Edmonton, like, woof, like Edmonton yep. has to figure it out, and Mick David is wearing that till next next postseason. Not just next season, next postseason.
1: He's, the next, he's uh, the next choke artist is what they'll say.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, like, there's a lot of things that can go right or wrong for teams so i'm just don't know really where to go with it I, I i love it i know that some people don't like the expanded field just because some people said oh it's only supposed to be the top eight i don't care give me this every year um, I'm i'll maybe okay yeah, with it. it
1: it could be interesting if they figure it out how to do it maybe they uh shorten a regular season by four games or something
0: yeah, and um, I don't think you'd hear anyone complain about that. Well, besides the owners, all the money they'd be missing out
1: on. Well, they make money on a on the uh, playing. So they make a shit ton of money on the playing. Yeah, more more chance for their team to at least have a shot to uh, win a playing series and advance to the actual playoffs.
0: Now, a question for you: Just going at it if they were going to do it next year. Would you do a play-in series or would you just do one play-in game kind of like the MLB does, uh, like a winner-take-all type deal?
1: I don't – that would be a no for me. No, Just okay. because it would be too difficult for – let's say you have the 12 against the 5. And, like, look at game one, Montreal and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh season's over. Okay. Like, that would be crazy to me. Play better. I know like, that's the uh, opposite side of the coin there, but at least make it a best out of three. Get them with two out of three. And with
0: something like that, if we got back to normalcy, since you said Pittsburgh and Montreal will just roll with them, would that just be three games in Pittsburgh, or would you just find a neutral site?
1: Uh, three games in Pittsburgh. higher C gets to be home games. All right. I mean, I- I'm okay with that, too. That way, teams that are oh, like, well, we're in 10th place so we can coast and start wrestling guys because we're guaranteed to play in series. No, we want to get home ice. So then you keep playing that way. Okay. Uh,
0: any uh, Anywhere else this week we're going?
1: I uh, just got a quick Today in NHL history. Not much for August until this year. All right. Um, but 1966, the NHL's new Philadelphia franchise, one of six awarded earlier in the year, chooses Flyers as its name. Owner Ed Snyder likes the name after it's suggested by his sister. Although he decided what the new franchise will be named, he still runs a name the team contest the last ten days to generate publicity. With the winner chosen from among those who suggested flyers or flyers, Alec Stockard, a nine-year-old, who submits an entry with flyers as his suggested name, is declared the winner. I like it. I still don't know what the fucking flyer is, but here we go. Don't know what a kraken
0: is either, but we're here. About
1: it. <laughs> What do you got for
0: shout-outs this week? Uh, shout-outs this week. I actually have, uh, we, we've got our little Joey in obedience class. And I, I feel like the last week he has, uh, kind of finally turned the corner. He, he's very good, very good listener. He's being a very good boy. So I'm going to shout out, uh, Auntie Dog and Tewksbury for giving us some very good pointers and, uh, corralling our little Joseph.
1: Is he still uh, dry humping everything?
0: Well, not with me, but it's actually funny. The uh, instructor he he's mounted her the past two weeks, so th- <laughs> there's that.
1: He's still, <laughs> and, still chasing that nut.
0: <laughs> well, the funniest thing was she's like Irish, so she's from Ireland or over there, and he jumped up on her the first week of class, and I I burst laughing because she's like, "Oh, you got a humper." And I just I couldn't contain that. I burst out <laughs> laughing. Like, yeah, he's a humper. <laughs> who, who do you have this week?
1: Uh, speaking of humpers, shout out to the first lady. Wow, uh, meow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she joined me in a decade of thirties uh, last. What is it? Friday. Um, she turned thirty years old. So happy birthday for the big three zero! I also wanted to give a shout out to. 30 of her closest friends uh, for writing letters uh, as a birthday gift where she's able to read 30 letters from 30 people with advice for the next 30 years of her life. So appreciate everybody participating in that. Did, did you and write a letter? I did write a letter. Ooh. You, you bet your ass I wrote a letter. D- are you going to give us some of the
0: uh, love and affection that you gave? I'll tease, I'll tease that for next episode. So Alright, right, perfect. I'm excited now.
1: Um, and also, Happy Trails, to my man, Henrik Lundqvist, unless there is some surprise for game three. Today was his last game in a Ranger uniform, most likely. Uh, and hopefully he ends up with a contender in a Western Conference for next season and gets to hoist host the Stanley Cup out there.
0: I'm upset. I, I, no one did like a 30 letters from 30 people for me. That, that actually sounds like a pretty good idea.
1: That's that's the
0: thing, man. I don't know 30 people. I was going to say, I don't think I know 30 30 people either. (laughs) Or even if 30 people knew, they definitely wouldn't write a letter for me. I feel like three or four of the letters would be like, stop being an asshole or stop being Or like, who are you again? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like, you know, they're they're all sensitive. I, I can be rude, I guess, at times, or abrasive, and some people don't appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I think that's just New England.
0: yeah softies. That's fine.
1: Yeah, They'll be alright. So what do you say? Should we record once the uh, playing series and Rob Robbins over?
0: Yeah, I'm game for that. We, we can record then. Um, I am actually away next week. Well, I'm just not here, but I will definitely bring... The mixer and the laptop up to uh the vacation spot i got a wi-fi so we we can record at night or during the day when Redder's on the beach with the kids i'll sneak away for an hour so whatever you want big fella
1: oh that sounds good i love hearing that
0: all right yeah hey you know we gotta make it happen for the millions and millions
1: and by the way he bought the xfl today
0: yeah, I saw that. Uh, him in a group for fifteen million—a cool fifteen million. So
1: yeah, it's like him, his business partner, and his
0: ex-wife. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, I mean, maybe he's trying to keep down the alimony.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I split the revenue that way. Well,
0: ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you so much for listening as always, and we will catch you. It should be next week, all depending on how many games all these series go, but. Thank God they're able to piggyback everything and kind of push it to the way it is. But we will catch you then. Preview of the next round. Upsets, shockers, disappointments from this round. We'll see you there. And as always, so here thank I you am for with my of you. And this world I've left for me. Stoic faces when I think of you. How I once believed So now you call me But you know I won't let you through I've myself too to deceive.